On today's episode of the Teacher's Lounge, we talk with Amanda Hall, fifth grade teacher at Summerfield Charter Academy, and we talked about the importance of creating relationships with your students and different techniques and strategies that teachers can use in their own classroom. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. Today we're talking to Amanda Hall, fifth grade teacher at Summerfield Charter Academy, and we are talking about creating relationships with students. Amanda! Thank you for being on today. Yes, thank you for having me. So creating relationships with students, how important is that? I think most important. Above academics, above teaching, above testing, because if you don't have the relationship, you can't go any further with that. I've actually had a ton of different teachers tell me that, that teachers that create relationships can teach and teachers that do not, the students learn nothing in the classroom. They just kind of check out and have no emotional attachment at all to the material. Yes, I agree with that. Um, when I first started teaching, someone told me I shouldn't smile until Christmas. <laughs> I never <laughs> believed that. I just feel like if they don't feel comfortable with you, if they don't have a relationship with you, like you said, they're going to completely check out, zone out, be totally in left field. So let's let's unpack that for a minute. Why was what was the rationale behind not smiling until Christmas? I feel like that is a, a past generation of teaching mm. where the teacher is like the authoritative here's your worksheet, this is what you need to do, sit down, be quiet. Don't look at me. Don't I will not <laughs> smile at you. Um, I feel like that's kind of the older generation of teaching in general, where as a new style is kind of coming to the forefront with that. There's a lot of truth in that. I remember my sixth grade math teacher, Mrs. Hunt, um, we were all terrified of her. And yes. I couldn't tell you anything that I learned in sixth grade math, but I can tell you I was terrified of her. Yes, but. that was my fifth grade teacher. So I guess my hope is to <laughs> not be that person that my students remember as evil and mean. So to combat that, do you make sure you smile on the very first day? Oh, I smile a lot okay. on the first day. <laughs> I tell a lot of jokes. I embarrass them. So they see that I'm like a real person and not this robotic, you know, authoritative figure. So we've had a ton of people will tell us you have to make relationships with your students. We have examples of that. We have, you know, data that says students learn better from teachers that they have relationships with. How do you start doing that? Because let's be honest, mm. day one of school, you have 30 kids you've never met before, they've never met you, and you have to start teaching and learning on day one. How are you starting and creating relationships from the go? That's a great question, because I think that has developed for me over time. My first day of teaching five years ago, I brought in those 30 kids, shut the door, and was like, uh, <laughs> what in the world do I do? Who left me alone with these kids? I'm not ready for this. Um... But through the years, I feel like you you literally have to start day one. Mm. You have to set the tone, kind of set that atmosphere, because they're going to mimic your attitude and your enthusiasm. So I think day one, you have to put yourself out there and be vulnerable. Um, I think little ways to do that, I mean, I introduce them to my family and my mm. dog and where I grew up and what my favorite sports team is. And right there you start making connections and they know, okay, oh, Miss Hall's a UNC fan. I don't like her. We're going to disagree. But they automatically kind of get on your page on day one. And then from there, you just, you have to let yourself continue opening up. Now, not, there's that fine line between being their friend and being their teacher, but 
you find that happy medium where they feel comfortable around you. You're a real person. So that the building connections, you're, you're providing information about yourself for them to get to know you. Are you also trying to learn about them as well? Yes, for sure. Um, my class being a science class, I always have them do the first week of school, like myself as a scientist. So they're drawing themselves, they're giving themselves a science name based on what they're interested in. Um, we do a whole big week-long kind of research about what, you know, what is a scientist, but we bring it all back to who do you want to be as a scientist? How do you picture yourself? What would you want to invent? Things like that. So that specifically would be a way that I would do that beginning of year to kind of dig into their brain. How long before into the school year do you think you have actual real authentic relationships with the Hmm. kids? Because that's not something that you can't just force. Sure. And I'm sure every kid is different. Yep. I would say probably about a month. And there are some that take shorter and some that take longer. Um, Students who have had bad past relationships with teachers, Hmm. you can tell because they're hesitant. And students who are the ones every year who walk in, oh, I love you. What's your favorite candy? Can I bring it? I'm like, it's a Reese's. Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> but they're so much more open. Um, so I, about a month into school, I have them do like an honesty letter where I have them write a letter, anything you would want your teacher to know about home or this or that. I tell them it's confidential. Um, but I do wait about a month until I do that because I feel like they're not totally ready but then you get really good information from that Mm -hmm. that they probably wouldn't say to you out loud so what what is this confidentiality letter like what so it's literally i tell them anything you would want me to know that you might not be comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. um or i tell them how sometimes i wake up on the wrong side of the bed and i'm i have a bad morning or this or that um so a lot of times it's them being like, well, you know, this is going on at home, and sometimes mm. it gives me bad days, and if I come in sad, this is why. So little things like that start to chip away those whatever walls they've put up or anything like that. It's, that's interesting you say that because when I hear making a relationship with students, I just assume that you pass out a piece of paper on the first day of school, everybody writes down their favorite color, their mm-hmm. dog's name, and their favorite kind of pop or so, yeah. or whatever it's called. Um, but you're actually going deeper than that. Yeah. So you are now, instead of just the teacher that her favorite color is red, you're also the person that they confide in. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that challenging for a teacher? Yes. To be the person that they confide in? Yes. Why? And I think sometimes they don't realize that ultimately it's their best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So if they reach a point where I need to do something, I'm going to do it. But it comes out of a place of love and trust and honesty. But for the most part, you know, it's, there haven't been too many huge life-altering things. You know, most of the time it's like, hey, I was at my dad's last night instead of my mom's Mm. and I'm tired or whatever. Just things that help me understand, okay, they fell asleep in my class this morning. They're not just bored. Like there's something else going on there, which helps develop that relationship. And I feel like I really like the idea of this confidentiality mm-hmm. letter. Um, I think it gets down to the root of each student instead of just yeah. kind of the, the the top layer of them. But it also feels like it is a check for them as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm giving her information. I'm giving my teacher yes. something. I'm not telling everybody what she'd do with it type thing. Yes. Um, do you think that helps kind of warm up the prospect of a relationship too? I do. I think so, especially because usually it's, it's unspoken after that. Mm-hmm. Like – Unless I have to come to them about something they wrote, we kind of don't really talk about it. It's Hmm. this unspoken 
thing between myself and a student of like, I know this and you know that I know this, but we're not going to bring it up unless we need to. Or uh, you can get support if you need it. Otherwise, I'm going to let you be, you know, Hmm. so they know I'm there and they know I know without it being like this huge deal. So do you think activities and things like that, like your confidentiality letter, does it help you have kind of a pulse of the classroom as a whole? Because we've all, I mean, I think as teachers, everyone knows that there's one student that you can't maybe challenge as much as you'd like because of their home life. But when you've got 30 of them, does this kind of let you know what's going on entirely in the classroom, kind of the whole feel of the classroom? Yeah, I think it gives a good snapshot because if you don't dig into that, you're just going to assume, oh, they're all happy 10-year-olds. They Mm. have no problems in life, which... For the majority, they don't, and that's the way you want it. But there are the few, or sometimes the many, who need that extra support. And if they know that you care, care enough to, like, read that letter and ask them and check in on them, then they'll feel more more comfortable. So how do you know that this works? <laughs> so obviously in the classroom, teachers are used to, you can test everything, you can grade everything, you can see, well, this kid can read, he can't read based on test scores. How do you know that? teaching through creating relationships actually works? That's a great question because it's taken me a while to figure that out. Um, I, I don't even think I can pinpoint an exact moment or situation that I'd be like, oh, that kid trusts mm. me. Um, I think it comes a lot when I talk to parents and parents mm. will identify like, hey, they feel very comfortable with you or hey, this is happening at home, just letting you know so you can keep an eye on at school. I think talking to parents helps a lot. Um, and then I, I've had situations where kids are coming to me with these really heavy things, and they're like, don't tell my mom. Don't tell my mom. And I'm like, well, I can't promise that, yeah. but I'm honored that you would come to me. Um, so there are little moments like that that really solidify it. But then otherwise, it's really just day to day, even mm-hmm. if it's like a kind of a, a gaze in their direction. And, I, you know, the teacher mm-hmm. eye. It's like, are you good? <laughs> you good? And you don't have to say anything. And they look at me just like, no, I'm not. Like, okay, they're being vulnerable. They're being honest. They feel comfortable to share that. I feel like that might be the best way to know mm-hmm. that these relationships, because fifth grade is what, 11, 12 years old? 10, 10 11. Mm-hmm. When I was that age, the only thing I cared about was playing basketball on the playground. Like, Literally. Keeping my shoes And like clean. I said, for the most of them, that's it. Yeah. You know, but there are the few who are going through a lot. But to be that young and think... I can tell my teacher this. Yeah. I don't ever remember saying. No, because the generation thing. Like they never... were robots. They were mean. No, I shouldn't say it. Not all of them. <laughs> not all of them. I had some fantastic yes, teachers in elementary school. I did as school. well. Yes. But you, you have that one. You're a sixth grade teacher. like, yep. And that's the one that sticks out in your head because they weren't there for you and they weren't willing. But I can't imagine being 10, 11, 12 thinking I need to tell my teacher this. I know. Like, it's and heavy. I think, and that's that's. That, I feel like, says a lot about relationships that are created. And obviously, when that level of trust is reached, I feel like they will listen to anything of importance that you'll tell them. Right. Whether that is the anatomy of the human skeleton or uh, what else do you talk about in fifth grade science? Well, and I think, oh, fifth grade science. (laughs) I don't remember anything. The digestive (laughs) system. That one's fun. Uh, (laughs) Ecosystem, cells, heat, weather. Okay. A little bit of everything. Okay. Um, but I agree. And then you get to like NHA, things like moral focus Mm. and gratitude and self-control. You can take that so much farther Mm. because you're on a deeper level with them rather than just being like, okay, let's write a thankful letter to our mom and say, thanks for 
the dinner every night. Like you can take it so much deeper because I can open up, give them an example. Like this is what I would thank my mom for. And so like kind of let them into that and then they can take that and run with it. So you talked about on your first day of teaching five years ago, your first day about how you're like, who let me in charge of this? Literally. Do you think you get better each year at creating these relationships? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I can't imagine there's a template to do it. Like you, no. there's certain practices, I assume, that yes. certain activities that work well, but I, I assume each class is different. Oh, for sure. And I feel like there's no one right way to do it. Mm. It's the way that teacher does it. Okay, that's right for her. That's right for her. That's right for him. But for me, uh, being a little awkward <laughs> as I am or being <laughs> outspoken or energetic, that is the way I choose to reach them. Mm. Um, but then there are some teachers who are just so like – soft-spoken and gentle and that reaches those kids so I feel like it's it's different for every teacher but it's right for that individual teacher but you definitely have to find your groove like you would not have caught me singing and dancing (laughs) my first couple years and now I'm like all right let's have a dance party who wants to sing and they're like yeah so it's I think I said earlier like they will mimic you you set the tone you set Mm. the temperature as far as how they feel when they come in and if you're not feeling it, they're not going to feel it. Do you think that's something that is well-received two months into the school year that might not be received well the first week? Hmm. For some, yes. Because okay. I think for some it takes them a while to receive that. Okay. Um, and the reason I ask that, I'm just thinking yeah. of like a newer teacher that is trying to your, – your world is going a million miles an hour. Literally. You're trying to – check everything to make sure you're doing everything well and if creating relationships is something that you're trying to do and two days in they're not laughing at your jokes do you stop doing that or three days in they don't want to sing and dance with you you're like oh I need to just stop that right is that something these relationships we've talked about they take time but they there's little benchmarks along the way that you think they're starting to get this and I think for sure it's important to remember that each group you have is different so Mm. there might be a year where they do not care for my singing (laughs) and I guess I better think of something else um but I think too it's finding because if you force yourself to do that and that's not who you are they're gonna read that and they're gonna be like what is this chick doing like she's so weird um but if you're confident in it, then I found really most of the time they're gonna okay. they're gonna receive it. But I like I said, one group might be very different than another. So you kinda have to play around those first few weeks and see what's gonna work and what's not. Without changing who you are as yeah. a teacher, because I'm not gonna okay, I guess we will just sit and stare at one another for the rest <laughs> of the year. Um, you just have to read their tone, read their energy and figure that out. So is there a go-to song you sing? Is it science? Are they science related Okay, let me tell you about something. It's called Kids Trap. Okay. It's on Spotify. Okay. And it sounds like trap music. It sounds like rap. And they hear the beat and they're like, oh, Miss Hall, what is this? And then it starts rapping about like eating your fruits and vegetables. Okay. Like it's all for kids. It is all... He has, like, hundreds of songs yeah, I mean, about looking, all different things. I'm looking through the playlist right now. One's Go Play Outside. One's yes. Dinosaur Getting Silly. I could I'm literally flossing. sing. A, oh, yeah. So they all want to, you know, do the do dance. The but I'm like, yeah. no, it's for your teeth. Um, that has been, like, my my ticket in the door. They think, as they would call it, cringy, but secretly they love it. They're dancing to it. They're singing it down the hall. So I love my grandma. 
That is a good one. For <laughs> Mother's Day, there's one called I Love My Mom. Okay. I made them sing it as a class, and I recorded it and sent it to all their moms for Mother's Day. <laughs> it was great. I love doing math. Well, that actually... Would you, do you need it? <laughs> I mean, oh, they love that one. And that one. what's funny to me is these are songs about learning that help create these yes. relationships. Yes. Um, it's so good. And I think that's the tough part with... Uh, especially newer teachers is there you're so everything is so structured it's Mm -hmm. so you know ever since you started going to college everything is everything's template based you do this you have your curriculum that there is no right answer yeah that we're talking about songs that your class loves but another class might not exactly is it just trial by fire i think so okay but i think too once you get confident in what works for you again you you're tweaking it throughout the years but like I'm a I'm a diehard true (laughs) microphone user like let me sing let me dance and like they they see that I'm confident with it so they are like okay I'm I'm trying to be cool but this is kind of fun you know because Miss Hall's okay with it I'm gonna be okay with it are they dancing yeah oh they're all watching you know and I'm like come on but do you guys do the floor is lava Oh, of course there's we some, do. There's some Especially in the last day of school when all the desks are stacked up <laughs> and they're just running everywhere. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, how often are you incorporating these songs? Well, I try to do a Friday dance party. Okay. So that would be like in between kind of pack up and dismissal, like 10, okay. 15 minutes. We just go for it. Okay. Bring out the microphone. We just blare it. <laughs> Bring out the microphone. Do you have a microphone in your class oh, that you sing on? I you do. sing on a microphone. It is golden, <laughs> and it is go- Bluetooth. So <laughs> it it there's a speaker on the microphone. That's where the music plays out of. Okay. And then, but I can also sing in it. <laughs> Best purchase I've ever. So made. you like wandering around the class, pointing at kids. Yes, <laughs> like that's exactly what I'm doing. Sometimes when they present, I make them use the microphone. You okay. know, they, they they can't really talk loud. They're like. I'm like, come on, come on, here's your <laughs> microphone. And they're like, ah. Yeah, it's great. So is this to build relationships or is this for Mrs. Hall to kind of um, I don't know. have a captive audience and really get done? What? No, I think it. they benefit so much from it. Okay. And it's to build relationships, but also like, okay, we're going to read out loud from this textbook, which I realize is really boring. But today, if you read out loud, you're going to read from the microphone. And it's like, boom, instant engagement. They're like, Hmm. I want to read. I want to read. I'm like, (laughs) this has never happened. So little things like that. It builds relationships because you're vulnerable, but it also increases engagement. I mean, I have like a basketball hoop I wear on my head. We have like buzzers. And it it gets really excessive. (laughs) So relationships are created. That's yes. what I would probably assume is one of the hardest things right yes. at the beginning of the school year. Okay. Now that they're created, they're singing on a golden microphone, they're volunteering to do all these things. How does that translate into being a more engaged learner? Mm. I think it literally from the second they walk in the door, they they understand what's going to happen. Mm. And I, I have to say this at the beginning of the year, too, because – they think, oh, science, experiment every day, and yeah. this, this, and this. I'm like, all right, we got to know. It's not going to be that every single day. But I think they're more engaged on those off days where it's not all fun and games because they know, all right, something's coming, and I'm going to work hard for Miss Hall because hmm. she cares or she – I know she's playing this really fun thing for us later. And, you know, we – I have very honest conversations with them. It's, you know, they're 
they're ten. They're not. They're not five. They get it, which I love. I love about fifth grade. But I can come in and be like, all right, today we're gonna do this, and it's it's not gonna be, you know, we're not gonna be singing and we're not gonna be dancing, but we're gonna learn about this, and it's good information, you know, things like that. So I think that helps as far as those off days when it can't all be fun and games. So if you could go back five years ago to Mrs. Hall on her first day, oh man, and she's trying to create relationships. What would you tell yourself? Mm. Oh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, Okay, so go back to myself five years ago. What would I tell myself about building relationships? Yep. It seems very vague, but I feel like I would tell myself that that's priority number one. Mm. Because they don't teach you that in college. They mm. teach you curriculum. They teach you how to teach math, reading, and science. But they do not teach you about classroom culture. Um but I also think that's not something you can necessarily learn until you're in it, until yeah. you have your own class and you have your own space. But my first couple years of teaching, it was like, okay, got to get through this unit. They got to take the test. I got to move on. We got to get to the end of grade test and then we're done. Whew, I made it, <laughs> you know, without really taking time to have fun with them or to build those relationships. Um, so I guess that's fairly vague, but I, I didn't know that my first couple years. I didn't know how important it was. Do you think these relationships make you more vested as well? Yes. Okay, I didn't really know how to yes. phrase that question because I don't want to ever accuse a teacher of like not caring about a particular student. No, I get that, yeah. But I feel like once these relationships are established, you know what's going on at home, you know all of their favorite things, their favorite songs, the floor is lava yes. they go to. Yep. Do you find yourself pulling more for kids? Yes. Okay. 100%. Because um, there are days that... It's hard for us to come, you know, to work. You're tired, you're exhausted. And you picture, like, these 30 kids who are literally waiting for you. Like, they're coming Mm -hmm. in expecting you to be ready and to go, Um, which gives me so much motivation to to come in and do that. Because I know if I come in all, like, slouchy and bored and sad, they're going to be slouchy and bored and sad. And that's not how I want their experience to be. (laughs) So, yes, like, today coming in after Thanksgiving break, it was like, Okay, it's been almost a week, and some of these kids have had a great week, and some of them haven't. I'm tired, but I'm going to come in and, and give them my all because I know that's what they expect. Mm-hmm.